podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Barca Talk. I'm your host, Gabriel Quiroga, here in the Spanish capital. And in today's show, one of our esteemed patrons, Troy Cadet, is joining me for our conversation today about the victory at the Camp Nou. Troy, how are you doing, buddy? Good. How are you? Very well, very well, especially after today's performance. Yes. I think, obviously, in our WhatsApp group, reading Twitter and everything, I think everyone is definitely on a high. And uh, yeah, I'm doing well. So I'm really excited to talk to this match with you and and get into the nitty gritty. But before we do that, I, I want to make an announcement again, because I know I did it in, in our Barca Talk Cafe episode, but you know, obviously we've uh, been on break and so forth. And I just kind of want to announce our Barca Talk weekend that's coming up May 20th weekend, 21st to the 23rd. We are going to Barcelona to go see the Villarreal match. And so, yeah, we're going to do a meet and greet on the Saturday. We're going to go to the match on Sunday. I know that you are going to try to make it, obviously, with COVID and all these different things. We'll see how it goes. But just kind of want to make that announcement and really excited to do this again, uh, heading to Barcelona to meet up with our patrons and other, you know, it's open to anyone who wants to come and wants to come to the match. And I'm really looking forward, especially, Troy, especially if we continue to play like this and the Camp Nou is, is alive like it was today because I can't remember the last time the Camp Nou was like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I'll be there. I'm looking forward to it. And yeah, certainly if we if we get a game like we did today, I mean, that's just the icing on the cake for 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 this event. So absolutely. Yeah, and I and I think we we did it a couple of years ago when when Brian was still part of the show and we we you know we we had a small turnout, but it was a lot of fun just to get to meet people outside the stadium. You know, with the kind of rough schedule for this is going to be meet on Saturday, do like a meet and greet cut type of thing, hang out at a bar on Saturday night. Uh, go to the match, do a live show, and and go from there. And so I th- I'm really looking forward because you know there are some patrons in our community that have never been to Barcelona uh, before, yeah. and they were asking questions. And so that's to me, it's almost kind of like uh, bringing new brothers to the camp. No, you know, sharing our experience. Yeah. I'm really excited to to share that with them. So so we'll see again. That's going to be May 21st. We're going to take a quick break, and after that, we're going to dive in into the match from today. So as we've been talking about, I, I know that our WhatsApp community was on fire today. Twitter was on fire today with with just the positivity. Finally, we were able to see some good things. So I kind of want to start off with the camp. No, I think, uh, you know, watching the match on TV and just seeing the electricity jump out of the screen. I can't try. I can't remember the last time the camp. No, was that lit in a long time? Yeah, it's it's been a while. I think maybe actually one of the matches where I would join you on this show was the last time that there was some, you know, excitement in the stands, like even be- before the game, right? So somebody was sharing, I think Mariana was sharing some videos of, you know, with guys or fans outside with the smoke and they were chanting and there was a buildup on the outside of the stadium before the game. Uh, certainly this was a, a big game. And we're going to talk about it more, you know, today about how pivotal this game was. But yeah, inside it was certainly electric. The chanting was going on. It was it was almost packed. I don't think it was a sellout, but pretty close to it. And uh, so, in I think that the overall feeling uh, from what you could see, you know, being at home and seeing it on TV, from the build up to the pregame to what we saw in the match was, I think everyone knew that this was a very big game for us. Yeah. And the other thing too, you know, like you said, it's not a full capacity. There's still COVID restrictions. So the official attendance was about 74,000 people. But to me, you know, especially with the amount of goals that happened, I think that really electrified the the crowd because, you know, it was one of those things I was really worried about, obviously getting down one nothing early was how the team was going to respond. Uh, I I think the crowd did a great job of giving some positive energy and really helping, uh, the, the players on the field just to get over that hump and just kind of get that belief. Because I honestly, I can't remember the last time where I've kind of come out of the game and I said, wow, these are really strong, positive things coming out of this. And I just wanted to make a note of the, the ambiance. Cause again, when I was watching on TV, like it was again, the chanting, the, the, you could just heard the murmurs, you know, like where people yeah. were actually engaged into the match and they weren't just, you know, just there just to be there. So I thought that was on, were there any surprises for you with the starting 11 that Xavi rolled out today? No, no, there weren't any surprises. Um, I mean, maybe with Traore, perhaps, but he had, he's been playing, right? 
And like I put in our notes, you know, when we signed Torres, the very first game after that, you know, Chavi put him in on that, you know, that right wing position. So we knew that Chavi wasn't really scared of doing that. So, so maybe if they're, you know, if you want to get, you know, detailed on it, maybe that might've been a surprise, but out, outside of that with any, everything else in there, no, I, there wasn't any surprises for me at least uh, in that starting 11. I thought that Adama starting was a surprise for me just because I thought, just to be a little bit more conservative, uh, to see Luke De Jong starting with Ferran Torres on the right, I thought that's what how it was yeah. going to roll out. But as we've seen, obviously, uh, Xavi has more access, you know, leading the practice, and he went with Ferran Torres up the middle with Adama on the right side, and I thought that was an interesting move because, you know, we were talking on Barca Talk Cafe on Friday that we might be seeing, and we also got questions as well about this, might be seeing Adama coming on the wing you know, like yeah. to spell Danny Alves and that. So I thought this was going to be an opportunity for that because, you know, using his speed and physicality, uh, you know, especially against a team like Atleti. Let's get into just kind of the, I think, you know, for me, uh, I really want, kind of want to dive into Adama because that to me, you know, I guess I just didn't know how he was going to fit in. I mean, that's just really honestly how, how, how it was going to be. And I was watching this with some friends and, and I just remember the girls commenting immediately, wow, who's the Hulk, you know, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. And I have to say, Troy, he, I mean, as I talked on Friday, I was very skeptical of how this was all going to fit. But again, the DNA, it's in there. Yeah. And I can't remember the last time that right side felt unblocked in a long time. Long like, time. even though Adama's, yeah, Adama's not known for his, elusive passing you know that's not a yeah. thing but man the combination he had with danny was like they've been playing for five years and yeah. i'm if this is the things that are going to come with him just being on that right side look out i'm yeah. i can get really excited about this yeah yeah uh and how well he blended with everybody was probably the biggest surprise for me when we're talking about him because usually it doesn't happen you know you can see some bad passes because you're not, you know, somebody makes a run or somebody makes a movement. Of course, they're not, he's not used to it. He hasn't, you know, he hasn't played a game with these guys. He's only been in training for days, you know, technically with these guys. So how well he blended uh, was really a big surprise, but quite honestly, he was making, he was making the plays out there and maybe it's because maybe they blended with, maybe they were just following his lead is what made that work so well because he was taking that defender on one-on-one. He gave him fits from, you know, two minutes into the game. Like that guy knew he was outmatched uh, and he was going to have a lot of problems uh, certainly for the rest of the game. I think when you, we, when you shared the data sheet on Adama, obviously you can see the stats on him taking a player, taking them one-on-one. He's very highly rated in that regard. And so that certainly wasn't, you know, a surprise for me seeing him do that today. But his weakness is uh, is making something happen after he takes a player one on one, right? Making a pass. He's, he doesn't score very much, and he has a very low uh, percentage of successful passes once he makes that move. And today, um, albeit it wasn't a hundred percent, and there's still room for improvement for him. It was much better than I expected him to do. Much better. I mean, if I were to extrapolate this performance today, I just have to say that maybe just obviously the forwards of Wolves are just not as good because the crossing for me was pivotal. And to me, when I was watching him, I could see that he's been seasoned in the Premier League because he did one move, got enough space, cross in. Right. And yeah. they weren't just crosses to cross. They were like actually landing on people. And I think that for me was yeah. a surprise. I was commenting that yeah. when we were watching the match. And that's that's pivotal because he he made the right decisions. Right. Like yeah. when it was time to do one, two with Danny Alves, he did it. When it was yeah. time to take a one V one, he did it. And it was just more successful because of obviously the experience that he has playing. I mean, you can just see it like yeah. it almost seems like he just never left, you know, and it was, yeah. it's weird because I don't think we had any glimpses of this before, especially when he was at Wolves, you just never really see this. But again, maybe he just needed to come back and play with 
elevated players where his play was going to get elevated again because man uh like i said you know he made the assist you know on the on the gabby thing and it was just like he barely got enough space and was able to make a good cross and to me that is huge because if he can solidify that right corner now all of a sudden as i've always been banging you know this for the last six years to have balance on both sides you know and that's really important and and the team you can see just has confidence so i'm Wow. I mean, I was, it was quite a revelation. Uh, and especially if, if he can play 90, you know, gaining to that 90 more, yeah. man, just at the end of games, he's going to have more opportunities because not only is he fast, but man, again, greasing up those arms, right? Like it's just, <laughs> it, it's, it's just crazy to see yeah. a play. Cause he reminds me of like a running back, you know, in American football or a rugby yeah, player. Does. And, yeah. and he does have quick feet. So do you have any other lasting impressions about Adama's kind of um, debut, you know, re-debut with the team? Yeah. Well, I mean, like I said, I just was amazed that he went right to it. I mean, within minutes of the game starting, he it wasn't it didn't take him half a game to get into the swing of things. He went right at it. I mean, and to, and to me, that was that was amazing. And then obviously the link up, like you said, with all, it was all it was all this in him, and then into the middle with Torres. And and we'll talk about Torres here hopefully, but. Um, you know, they're those three linking together. Then obviously with all the other players in the middle, Gavi and some of them. Um, yeah, you're right. I think we finally, hopefully, I'm going to keep my fingers crossed that this wasn't, you know, just a one-off for him. But now I hope that we have some uh, pressure, some gameplay, some movement on that right, right-hand side to take some pressure off that left-hand side, which we'll talk about. It'd be super yeah. important for us. That's the thing, you know, he, Chavi came out with Torres up the middle and I think Torres did look a little lost today. You know, I would say probably he was kind of uh, whitewashed a little bit. Uh, Again, he put Gabi up on the left. Again, I, so this is going to be a quandary because if Adama plays better with Dani Alves on that right side, now all of a sudden you lose the effectiveness of Ferran Torres, right? Because, you know, it's kind of pick or pick either one, right? And I don't know if Ferran can play on the left. Like, I just don't know yeah. if he's comfortable with that. Uh, again, that's where maybe, Mep, you know, again, it's about putting the players in the best position. I just don't know if Ferran wants to be up the middle. You know, I don't know if that's yeah. his strongest uh, position. Let's talk a little bit about the, one of the things I also saw today was a more crossing opportunities today more than ever right i i maybe it was just the tempo of the game i I don't know i felt there was just more directness in today's attack and i think going forward that's really going to be helpful again i don't know if uh you know danny alves with his crossing obviously he had an assist today but it just felt more effective than i can remember in the last i don't Mm -hmm. know four or five months i don't know is it did you see anything like that where our crossing was just more effective because we were actually taking good crosses uh, rather than just pumping it in there, trying to find Luke DeYoung. Yeah. Well, I, there's, I have a couple answers for your question here. So <laughs> uh, <laughs> first thing, the tempo was absolutely more direct today than it probably has been in a, in a, in quite some time. And I know that this was a goal of Chavis to, to get that tempo going. It's just taking some, some time for these players to understand and uh, uh, how to do that. And on top of that, he's mixed so many starting formations and there was so many, you know, so I think we've started more players than anybody in La Liga this year. And so you got to start to build some cohesion uh, amongst these players, but the te- regardless, the tempo was absolutely there. You, you, you've probably seen me in the WhatsApp group when we're starting to sit there and we pass backwards and there's opportunity to move forward. Nothing drives me more insane than that. And today there might have there might have been maybe one or two times where we went backwards instead of moving forwards. And normally it's like eight to could be eight to 15 times where I'm like, why are we passing the ball backwards? We should have been moving forward. We always have such a slow buildup. And I think that that is the main thing that uh, Atletico Madrid was not prepared for was the tempo. Um, And we certainly we absolutely must have the tempo. If we don't have tempo, it turns into a possession game where we're sitting here passing the ball back and forth and doing nothing. We're not we're not trying to score. We're just kind of you know swinging the ball from the left to right, you know, through the midfield, and that's when we get into big time tr- problems when we have an errant pass, and then boom, the team that we're playing against does a quick counter. Our defense can't is not built for that, 
they score on us. And traditionally, which I was really wanted to see today, what happened when they scored on us quickly. Traditionally, it takes all the wind out of our sails and the team has does not have the grit to work back from you know being scored on quickly. Today, obviously, was the exact opposite, in which, again, going back to what I said in the, in the very beginning, this was a very pivotal game for us. The future is still to be seen, uh, but a lot of things happening by that tempo. I mean, it's a great segue because I, th- I think next we need to talk about the defense because, again, that's yeah. going to – that's still the weak link of this team. But like you said, I think not only is it an important match because it's Atletico Madrid, it's a, it's a top-four team, but also just seeing FC Barcelona now in fourth place on paper is something like you can see it now, right? Like it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's feasible now, whereas maybe in November we were hoping that we were going to get to this point, yeah. you know? And so – that's a, I think that's a really important thing, you know, kind of visualize your goals, like this type of thing, right? Yeah. Um, but let's let's talk about the defense because, like, you just segued to that. Again, uh, I just thought it was funny because on the feed that we were watching, they gave Jordi Alba the Budweiser man of the match today. Um, <laughs> let's, agree to, let, yeah. <laughs> let's agree to disagree because, yes, he yep. did score a goal. But as I put in the WhatsApp group, Jordy taketh and giveth, right? I mean, that's just what it is. I don't want it to constantly hound on Jordy Alba because it is what it is, right? This is the type of thing that's going to happen. As we saw in the first goal, first attempt, goal, right? And to me, it's the idea of like lack of concentration is just what I'm seeing. And what I can't get over is the lack of concentration within 10 minutes of the opening match. Yeah. To me, you know, when when I played and I think about these situations in any sport, I feel like the hardest thing, the hardest thing, you know, is to concentrate in the 90th minute, right? When yeah. you're tired, you've struggled physically the whole match and that that's the hard part. And then all of a sudden you have to play defense on a corner kick. I understand that. But at yeah. the beginning of the match where you're fresh, you are engaged to like, play and we just continually have these errors yep. Jordi Alba to me you know with this lack of concentration again you know it's basically his lapse of spacing that leads into the to the fold and then all of a sudden uh you know Carrasco and and Suarez have a link up there and to me again these are the things that need to be solidified because again we saw that Atletico had more opportunities in the game they could have scored a couple more goals so you know, I don't I don't want to harp more on Alba, but I also just kind of yeah. need to point that out. But, you know, I think overall the defense played really well. Arahu had his moments. But again, like you said, it's the counters. Right. And it's also knowing yeah. risk versus reward, because I'm sorry that Danny Alba's red card was an awful choice for Danny Alba to do. Yeah. 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 A couple of things on the defense, you know, and I put and I put in our notes, uh, Barca has the defensive players that we have today have real troubles when the guy that they're supposed to be marking when players have like moved around and shifted around. And on that goal, I've watched it like 10 times. I was sitting there, you know, with my Apple TV going back and forth. It looked like, and I could be wrong, but it looked like they had a game plan for PK to really be man marking Suarez because a couple plays before that, if you watch PK stepping up, from that back line, he's stepping up when Suarez is getting the ball and he actually, you know, just possessed him a few times. But what had happened on that play was, is PK didn't get back in line. He stayed, he stopped, he stayed. He did not get back in line with the rest of the players. And what had happened is Suarez had shifted over to Elba. And then I, I forget who the, who the other Atletico Madrid player was that was out way wide. So they overloaded Alba's side, and PK was up too high. He was up too high. He didn't even recognize that the shift had even happened. And so by the time they move forward, PK is turning around. Araujo has got to come into the middle and actually guard the guy that PK should have been on. And Elba's out there like, pick your poison. Who am I going to go on to? And you know, we know, once somebody's got a somebody's taken Elba on one on one, nine out of ten times you're going to get a good cross or you're going to score because yeah. he just doesn't have it in him, right? So, which it actually really surprised me that Atletico Madrid didn't try to do that more in the game, like overload that side because you and I've said it a million times when you have 
when you have bis- uh, biscuits, I was going to call them <laughs> busquets, <laughs> and and you have uh, Elba and PK, and they're being pushed on the defensive side. Nothing has ever happened good for us in the last two to three years. And again, that's what happened. And Araujo just couldn't, you know, by the time he got to uh, the the player, you know, he, he the shot was off, and there was nothing you could do. And of course, Tristegan you know, was slow on the slow on the on the movement of the ball and, and couldn't get in front of it as well. So um, that's going to be trouble. And it's again, it's when they're when they're the guy that they're supposed to be marking is moving around and they overload or they switch. We don't recognize it and we don't communicate and we don't say, OK, I don't. After that, I saw a lot more uh, our defensive players. I saw their head move going back and forth a lot more. Okay, it should have never happened in the first place. That should have, like you talked about, why, 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 why in those first 10 minutes do we have such a problem playing defense? I don't understand it. I don't know. I don't know. I don't have the answer. I don't know why. But I do know that they did, like I said, their heads were moving. They're looking behind them. They're moving around. When, When PK got out of position there, his head wasn't moving at all. He was he was looking straight forward. I watched it. He was looking forward. He had no idea what was happening to the left of him, where Suarez and the other guy was out there. I had no no idea. So I know that that play was on on Alba's side, but I but I would throw is just as much blame on PK for being out of position and and moving forward on that back line. If he would have been in that back line, uh, that guy um, Yannick would not have been as open as he would uh, originally was or was for that play and the game might've been different from there. So we, and yeah. again, they just got to get better, but those guys aren't, I mean, again, we're, we had talked about it for a million years. PK is getting old. I was getting old until we bring in reinforcements for that back line. Araujo can't do it all, but on that, on that right side, until we bring in reinforcements, we're going to have that issue through the rest of this year. It's what can we do in that midfield and what can we do with that tempo and attack to keep as much pressure off them as possible. That's the only options we have. Yeah, and and the thing is, you know, with with this idea of the defense, right? I mean, it's just to me the biggest thing is just letting these early goals. I think that is really something that you can coach that up because the thing Troy, they're not coming out with six forwards and we're like completely no. shocked, you know. No. It's just it's just no. it's just a simple give and go on two guys on the right side. This this should not be extremely difficult to dissect and see, you know? And, and the thing is, again, I can't get over the conversion rate in the yeah. early 10 minutes, you know, uh-huh. that's the thing, you know, yeah. it's like, you could see the, the, you know, like Carrasco hit it wide or close or no, but it's like a goal. It's like a perfect angled shot that goes to the goal. It's just like, wow. Yeah. You know? And I know these guys are professionals, but still like, you know, to have, I just, you know, lately with the team, you know, giving up these early goals, I just feel like the other team, the first shot, like I, I would love to put some data on this. I think the first shot, yeah. it feels like like a 60% conversion rate because it just feels like they get the first shot, it's a goal. Like that's just yeah. how it feels. Automatic. Like. So, yeah. yeah. And that's the thing is I, I think that that's something that can definitely tighten up because again, in this match, like we talked about, the tempo was there for us. The goal was going to come and yeah. you build it up and you just kind of choke out Atletico sooner than we did with the 3-1, right? All of a sudden, when they had that first goal, it was like, oh, God. I mean, we saw yeah. the tidal wave yeah. of emotion coming. <laughs> What's up <laughs> on the first goal? Because, again, it's in yeah. the eighth minute, you know? Yeah. You, we are all positive about what's going to happen in this match, and then you just quickly get deflated. And, again, those are kind of like those attention to details. And I understand, like, you know, as we talked about, it's the the elder uh, players of Barca. They just don't have the speed anymore to yeah. connect as fast. And also, like you said, you know, the swivel, the head on the swivel, which I thought Chavi, for example, was going to instill more with this midfield. I still see it lacking a little bit of that. To yeah. me, when I played, I always use my head to swivel because why not, right? You always yeah. want to see where you're going to go. And I know it's a hard thing to do because, you know, we see a lot of players in professional, uh, you know, levels not doing it. And so I know it's a hard skill to get at, but I just thought uh, Chavi was going to be more of a instiller of that. So I think those are kind of yeah. the things, but all right. Enough of the negative. Let's let's get back to the positive, you know, because yeah. I know because it, it really was a positive result all around. You know, I would yes. just say the defense still we still need to, to figure that out and just be more, uh, you know, concentrate earlier in the match. And I think we are trending in way. And like I said, people on Twitter right now are just, you know, obviously super excited because of the I right. think mostly 
of the goal output because I can't remember yes. the last time we had a goal output like that for a long time, you know, where yeah. like we we were looking really good. So let's get into the goals. Let's get into the goals. We just talked about the first I'd like to go was in the eighth minute Carrasco scored. Yep. We just talked about that. Let's talk about the Jordi Alba. So we, Jordi taketh, but then he gaveth, right, on, yes. the, on this goal. <laughs> and the funny part, too, is that he mishit it. So yeah. the mishit actually helped to make a change up, you know. But I have to say, like, Danny Alves, you know, at his age still, like, the way he's able just to boss that right side is still just yeah. an incredible thing. I mean, he, I know he had some bad decisions today with the red card and some other, like, just kind of loose fouls. But for the most part, just seeing him with those crosses, again, with the Jordy mishit, I mean, it's funny. I don't know if they, on your feed, did they have, like, the statistic where it said, like, the goal probability when Jordy yeah. Alves? <laughs> yeah. We were We yeah. were joking around, like, how is that? how do you figure that out a 12 percent? like what yeah. right? how does that even happen but um what do you think yeah so what do you think of the Jordi Alba goal there I didn't think he was going in I thought <laughs> I, saw him, I saw him kick it and I thought it was going into the stands I actually he kicked it I grabbed my phone I'm getting ready to type in our whatsapp group like why why would he why 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 couldn't he have just controlled it and passed it off and the next thing I know the ball's bouncing around in the goal I'm like wait what what did I miss like he, that wasn't his shot, and he's over there celebrating. I'm like, no way. So, of course, I was glued to the TV to see the replay. And I, I, can, I mean, it was pure luck, pure luck. I mean, the yeah. balls, you know, it's curving, you know, to the left in the corner. But, well, I, I wasn't going to argue with it. I was certainly going to yeah, take yeah, it because, yeah. like, the defense had just given one up. We might as well just take one and, and put, some, put a score on the board. So, phenomenal, and, and the team needed it. Yeah. That's that's yeah. what I was going to say. I mean, it was literally a minute later, basically. And yeah. like I said, I think that was a really good uh, response, especially to giving up the goal. And like you said, yeah. like, obviously the technique was there, but if he would actually connect it with it, it would have gone into the stands like 60 yards away. I mean, yeah. that's, yeah. <laughs> that's going to be right. <laughs> went off um, his Yeah, yeah, like, but that's the thing. Foot. Yeah. It went off his shin and also like it did this kind of weird like looping thing, but also like went slower too because Oblak yeah. thought it was going to go harder, then didn't react, then looked and all of a sudden was in the back of the net. So we'll take it, yeah. right? So that's that's fine. We'll uh, let, let's go to the next goal. Uh, obviously, the Gavi header. Obviously, Adama getting the nice cross. He was able to go yeah. down the corner and just make a nice cross. Obviously, it wasn't a clean header. I mean, it helped that it kind of deflected uh, because obviously Oblak is such a great keeper. But any yeah. thoughts on the on the cross or the setup? I mean, that's the one thing too. You know, I when I was watching the match, I was you know I was with some people, so I couldn't really dive into Twitter as much, uh, looking yeah. at the formation and stuff. But you know, after I was able to kind of look at things, you know, Gavi was there hunting and seeking for those headers. And I think yeah. that is important if he wants to find playing time, because as we've seen, the midfield is a bit crowded. If he can just kind of come up with these opportunities just for right now, you know, he has such a long yeah. career right now. If he can just find those opportunities where he can hunt and seek for headers, take these opportunities to score. I think the future is bright for him. So, you know, he's able to get the lead for Barca on that, uh, on that kind of deflected header. For, but mainly I would say the Adama cross was superb. Oh, the perfect cross. I mean, Torres was right there as well. It just went over him a little bit. I don't know if he had the best jump uh, possible, but luckily for us, I mean, Gabi was right there. And, yeah, it you know, it went off his head and then went off the defensive player and went up in the air a little bit. But I'm not so sure that if it if it was a clean header, he you know, it was kind of, you know, trending downward anyway that it would have went under O-Block anyway. So he was a little bit slow to react to that anyway. So regardless – Fantastic goal. I was super happy for Gavi. You know, we, I've said it a million times. The kid works harder than anybody on that field. He's everywhere. You know, he's a little pit bull out there just fighting for every, you know, scrap they can get. So you're right. The midfield, once everybody's healthy, uh, the midfield does get busy. So, yeah, we do need to find where can we fit these players in where they can, you know, be on the field. Obviously, that's the most important thing, getting more game time when you're 17 years old, 18 years old. You, you know, the more the more you can be on the field is the most important thing. But then obviously figuring out positions that can work for them. And he actually did fairly well on that on that left wing, you know, compared to what we've had out there at some point in time, you know, in the last couple of years. So I'd happily put him out there, you know, continue with having him out there and, and see what he can do. But like I yeah, said, it's and- most important to have him on the field because he – he makes plays. He's working hard. He's chasing. He's putting pressure on, you know, forcing bad decisions from the other players. So you, you have to have him on the field. 
Yeah, it's a good point. It's a good point. And, you know, we had another follow two goals with Arahu coming up with a nice follow up, which was nice. He always just kind of seems to be in the right positions, you know, especially on the on set plays with corner kicks and stuff. And here he was with a nice follow up. But, but then I kind of want to just talk really quick about the Danny Alves shot. I mean, that thing was, I mean, that's just textbook form. Like I yeah. love, yeah. love, love when you hit the ball that flush and it doesn't even spin like yeah. that to me is like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But like, it just, it's almost kind of like a controlled knuckleball. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Where you like hit yeah. it so flush where like the ball doesn't spin, but also it's not knuckling all crazy, but it like, yeah. it's going to the spot where you want it. And yeah. that down the Elvis hit was just, I mean, I saw it coming, right? Like, you, I mean, I, I'm yep. sure you did too, where you kind of see, it's like, I was like, Danny, just shoot it. And he hit it just so clean. I mean, that was such a nice shot. And then obviously the Luis Suarez, Luis Suarez uh, goal where he kind of, you know, got the header off the, another set play again, our, yes. our Achilles heel. And <laughs> let me ask you this really quick. What do you, what is your thought? You know, obviously Luis Suarez scored at the camp now and he, you know, asked, you know, he put his hands together to kind of ask for perdón, ask to say sorry. What, yeah. what is your feeling on, on players coming back to their old teams and scoring on them? Do you, do you like this gesture that they do? Like, you know, you know, kind of like not celebrate the goal. What, what are your thoughts on this? Well, let me tell you what's really interesting about him is, is Atletico is, has so far not given him a contract extension. So of course, when you're in a position like that, that the team that you're with now and you're playing the team that you came from, but the team that you're with now, you're at the end of your career and they're not, they're not willing to give you a contract extension right now. You know, it'd be really, and, and look, the team that you're playing has brought back some other ex players, uh, you know, IE Danny Alves. So certainly you don't want to come into their house, score a goal and act like a, you know, an idiot, you know, celebrating like, you know, you just won the, you know, the world cup or, or the champions league or whatever. So, uh, but overall, I think that's, that's specific to him. Cause I, I would guarantee that maybe he would try to make a comeback for us and that'd be a whole nother show we could talk about, but <laughs> overall, I think it's probably pretty smart. I mean, if you were, if, if you left, you know, your, your prior club and it was ugly, you know, and, you know, and, you know, things didn't go well, then I'm sure you'll, you'll see players, you know, celebrate a little bit more, but he didn't want to leave. He didn't want to leave. He was yeah. yeah. You know, I think he loved his time at, at Barcelona. And so he certainly is not going to, you know, not going to act again, not going to put a big celebration up there, you know, celebrate with your teammates or whatever, you know, high fives, hugs and, and things like that. But yeah, you don't have to turn to the stand and, you know, do the the thumb in the thumb in the mouth or, you know, do, you know, the things like some of the players do. I think it's certainly respectful. And I, for Suarez and for a lot of players that played at Barca and, and moved on, I, I wouldn't expect anything different from them. I say celebrate the hell out of the goal. Yeah. I don't care. <laughs> no, because like, yeah. it doesn't matter to me. Like what Suarez did as a Kool-Aid, like, will never be erased by scoring a goal for Atletico now. Like right. to me, right. you know, his, his legacy is cemented, you know, and it doesn't matter. It, I don't care if it's Luis Suarez or whoever, whatever the player can, you know, when Coutinho scored for Bayern, like you have a job, like you're a professional, like this is right. how sports is. Like I'm not fickle to where like, you know, when Coutinho scored for Bayern, like I don't, I just thought it was ironic, you know, yeah. <laughs> that he was doing it more than anything. I wasn't upset yeah. about it. Yeah. Uh, obviously. So to me, I, I always kind of find it weird because, you know, as fans, we are so romantic about these players. You know, as we talked about with the contract negotiations, obviously from the outside, we would do anything to be a Barca player, right? So, we, of yeah. course, we're going to say, yeah, we would lower the salary and stuff. But professional sports, man, it's, it's a business yeah. and this is what it is. I know I don't want to sound too, too old man about it. But at the same time, it's like I would scoring goals is hard, man. Celebrate. Yeah. Like, who, you know, who cares? Yeah. Well, he probably a felt bad for our defense, so he probably just didn't want to rub it in. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Last couple of things. Let's talk about the referee. Um, the referee for this match was Jesus Gil Manzano mm -hmm. was the referee. And, again, I I really – I'm torn about this because at the same time, yes, the referee was not that great. Obviously, if, yeah. you, if we look at the stats – you know, he's quote unquote more of a Madrid favored uh, referee, yeah. obviously. Obviously, in our WhatsApp group, we had some funny memes of Florentino Perez calling the ref and all these things. Yeah. So, of course, there's always that kind of, you know, it's I think that, you know, the hardest thing with this refereeing is because there's no accountability. Right. So you always yeah. have this kind of 
back in the mind type of thing. Like I was I've always been a proponent of these referees should do press conferences after the match. There should be a yeah. more detailed report. The press should be able to ask questions. Just tell them accountable. Just that's all it is. Is it about? But to me, yeah. I, I, one of the things that bothered me today was seeing Chavi overreact with the referee because I want control under chaos. I want yeah. control under chaos. And I know in the heat of the battle, it's really hard, but that's when you have to be the most controlled. Like I always look at Bill Belichick, right? Like that guy is just cool, is calm. He already knows five moves ahead, right? Yes, the referees can screw you. The refs make bad decisions. They're human. I get that. But at the same time, like in today's match, the referee did not have control of the match. It was starting to get out of hand with the cards and the fouls, especially the cleating. But man, I, you know, one of the the assistants got a red card. Xavi got a yellow card. And I, and I just, to me, you have to, like, I want more control from Xavi yeah. on this. And, and that's yeah. just me being like, when I look at leaders, you know, I want the calmness. Of course, stuff happens in the match. I know it's passionate, but man, I just, like, to me, it's like wasted energy, you know, because yeah. when in football history, Troy, did a manager <laughs> yell at a referee and get a call change? Like, it just doesn't Never. happen, right? So, Never. like, why are we wasting our energy? Like, Never. use that energy to look at the match, be controlled, try to do what you can control, right? Yeah. And especially with how, you know, I knew as soon as we were going to VAR, Danny, I was going to get the red card, and I think it was yeah. deserved because you can't deserved. complete like yeah. that. That's just reckless. Yeah. But yeah. any other things about the referee? I mean, I know you you kind of uh, looked at him, uh, you know, see what kind of how he refs in these big matches. But again, yeah. I think it's all across the whole board. It's like I just wish uh, the players had a little bit more respect uh, for the ref because again when the red card came in all the players charge him and i'm like yeah. you guys didn't see the play he went to var you know what i'm saying like you can't yeah. argue with var really like you yeah. saw the replay so what yeah. do you think about jesus gill's uh refereeing performance and again i just think this is just a la liga thing not so much that he favors real madrid and he's giving these bad calls yeah uh well a couple things let's on the on your on your chavi comment Normally, I would agree with you. Normally, I would agree with you. And Bill and Bilicek knows he doesn't have to argue with the ref. He'll just turn that team up a notch, and whatever the refs try to do, he'll overcome it with their play on the field. We're not there yet. Chavi couldn't do. He can't stay calm and collective because traditionally, traditionally, we lose that intensity. You know, we've been as we as Chavi has come in. Back to that tempo and that intensity, our intensity was super low. Traditionally, if a team starts to, if things start to uh, start to get crazy and out of control like that, traditionally, in the last two, three, four years, this team has folded and collapsed and we would lose a game, okay? The intensity is starting to grow. We are starting to, and I think it's grit and intensity. We are starting to build that up. And sometimes I've seen it, and sometimes I respect when a coach does it, when a coach gets fiery and the players see that and they feed off of what their coach is doing and they continue to fight. Now, today, they continued to fight. They they did not back down from the craziness that was going on. There were fouls. It was getting out of control. It was getting out of hand. Normally, Barcelona is a softer team, so they normally will get pushed around. And today they didn't. Now, whether that was because they saw <laughs> the, the cards flying onto the sideline on, you know, to the coaches or not, that I can't say. But all I do know is the team responded and we and we held on and we and we con and controlled that remaining 20 to 15, uh, 15, 20 minutes and came out with a W. So normally I would say, yeah. Don't I don't I don't like that. I don't like when the coaches are chirping. I don't it's you're right. It they help you know, sometimes it'll help a team lose the focus of what's going on, what's important. But today I think it was such an intense match. We needed that feistiness, we needed that fire to push the team all the way through the end to the 96 minutes that they had to play, 96 plus minutes that we had to play. And so today for me it was important and I think it was what he had to do. That's my I would, 
Yeah, yeah, I understand. I understand. Yeah. I just, I just always equate it to like, let's say business. Like, could you imagine yeah. if you just like, if you were in charge of a team and you just started flying off the handle like that? Like, to, I, I know it's different. I, I, yeah. I know that it's different. I'm, I'm well aware of this. But to me, I just always respect, not respect more, but I just think there's something to it because everyone can yell. Like everyone's yeah. passionate, you know, everyone's a former player. Like I get that, but yeah. it's kind of one of those things. The referee is completely out of your control. That's right. That is, yeah. You know, for good or for bad, right? For good or you're, yeah. as many bad calls as we think we've had, we've had just as many good calls for yeah. us in our favor, yeah. you know, uh, PSG match, you know, like, just come on, let's, let's, let's yeah. be honest here. You know, we've had some luck and it goes both ways, but I don't know. I just, I always, you know, the referees, like I said, I just think there just needs to be more accountability from La Liga to allow yeah. these referees so that we can ask these referees, what were you thinking on this? I don't think it's, I don't think what, what's, what's, what's in the wrong with that. You know, I don't think, yeah. but like in a respectful way, like maybe have it for five to 10 minutes where they have discussion yeah. or questions answering. And we can actually ask these questions instead of thinking what they think, what they thought and whatever. I, I just think yeah. it's yeah. wasted energy. Let's focus on the no, defense okay, rather than the refs. Yeah. <laughs> normally it is. But like I said, I wanted that. I wanted to, I liked it because he was stoking. The, hopefully, he was stoking the fire. The players saw it because they they you know were playing hard. They were already playing hard, but it just seemed like to me they turned it up another notch. The defense you know clamped down, and you know it, it was a really sloppy game at that point in time. Anyway, right? Like we had I had put in the WhatsApp group. This is when we get into trouble. We we were not keeping possession. You know, Terce we would. Shot on goal, Tersegan would get it. He'd kick, he'd play kickball, kick it deep. I think I counted the percentage. The percentage was third six percent of the time when Tersegan kept it deep. Did we keep uh, possession? So almost uh, seven out of ten times when he would kick it, we were losing possession. We weren't hanging on to it, and, and traditionally that's when I said we get into trouble uh, when they score on us because our team, you know, is, is obviously built upon having possession. So. Again, going back to it, I think that it helped them, you know, stay intense and and clamp down and and not lose uh, the defensive, you know, position that they had. What a, what a segue! It's like you you wrote you read the show notes. I mean, wow! Yeah. Because I mean, that's that's the last thing I want to talk about is just finishing these games off with this thing. I mean, we put yeah. in the and we were talking. It's another roller coaster, right? Yes, we were up 4-1 yeah. at one point, but it did not feel that way. And again, I think it just has to do with the lack of the, fin you know, finishing possession, right? Remember, yeah. as we talked about with the attack, there's a possession for attack where we're looking to be more direct and to go for goal. But then with the last eight minutes of a match, we have to finish these games off with clear, precise possession. And this yeah. goes again with the concentration because how many times did the back line not have an outlet? It was driving me yeah. crazy, Troy. It's like run back and help, like run back and help, yeah. swivel, run, help. And how many times yeah. did we have to clear the ball? And if it's not four to two, let's say if it was four to three, all of a sudden mm -hmm. we're buying our, 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 our nails even further because yeah. it's this idea that it's something that we were so lucky to have because it's, I mean, it's one of the hardest things to do in football is to possess the ball when you know the yeah. other team needs to score, right? And we were able yeah. to do that, obviously, with Pep and the teams like this, to do it with our eyes closed, you know, especially having Messi because he could just hold the ball and direct it. But now we really have to make an effort. And especially in these yeah. matches, uh, you know, when we play against Napoli, for example, these are going to come crucial times. And to me, Troy, one of the things I'm still very, very nervous about is De Jong's performance because today yeah. again he had glimpses here, silly fouls. Where's his technical ability to hold the ball? Where's his decision making come to the ball? And I, which is not there, especially in the last ten minutes of the match. Yeah, yeah. Uh, two times today, I thought, oh god, here we go again. Their first goal, <laughs> <laughs> here we go again. And then after Suarez scored, and it you know was four to two again, we had lost all possession we had a lot we had we were lost it was becoming a sloppy game like I said that's not in our favor and I thought oh my god here we go again if they if they score again get it to four to three you know traditionally we break we break we don't have that grit and determination we break and how many games have we lost you know in the last 10 or 15 minutes a lot and again in this in this new era that we have so uh so yeah they and, and again I put in our notes it kind of seems and this could just be complete coincidence but it seems like we struggle for those first five to ten minutes after that first set of subs come in 
I don't know if it's, again, I don't know if it's be, because we have shifted so many players around to so many positions that they they just need that time to blend and understand each other. It could be something simple like that, or it could be, could be a little bit more deep on the subs that we're bringing in and, and the timing that we're bringing them in. But we always struggle. We always struggle. We always start to lose possession there. We always have a, like a segment of bad passes. They're usually right in the midfield. That's, then it forces everybody back. And it's what you're talking about there. How many times? I mean, there's three or four times we pass it you know, up to Aubameyang and nobody was there with them because everybody had been pushed so far back in defense because we couldn't hang on to the darn ball. So, um, so yes, yeah, something that's a that's a time period there in these games at sixty to sixty-five minutes to that seventy-fifth, eightieth minute. There's a time period there where we still need a lot of work, and and that goes into closing those games out. I was super nervous. It was four to two, <laughs> and like you said to me, it felt like it was two to two. It really did. I felt like one more goal from them and we are going to lose this game. We cannot allow this to happen. And I was actually really interested to see, again, I mentioned it like four or five times in this, in the, this podcast already, that grit and determination. I feel like it's being built. You know, obviously you have young kids that have been playing for us and they, that's something that you have to grow into. You're not, doesn't matter if you're Pedri or Ansu or Gavi with all the talent in the world. You don't come with grit and determination. Those are things that you have to learn to do those for 90 minutes. And in this case, 96 plus minutes or whatever. So I feel like it's getting longer into the game that that, that we have that built up. Uh, but obviously today we're still, I was still super nervous. And I'm, I'm assuming there was a time period where the fans were a little bit quieter, you know, when Suarez <laughs> yeah. did that little thing. And they're like, I think the rest of them were all probably thinking the same thing. Like, oh, my God, here we go. Like, here we, you know, and then, you know, I did see some of the players. Again, this was when the, all that all that chaos was going on. I did see some of our players going, you know, facing the crowd and, you know, raising their arms up, trying to get the crowd pumped up. And we came back and we held our ground. But yeah, we certainly, we have to get better. And I think we are. And I think that's part of Chavi's game plan of getting us to where we close those games out, where it's solid. Those subs come in. And instead of us backpedaling when those subs come in, we should be, those subs should be coming in and we should be pushing forward again. Like we should, with with some of the players that we have, Aubameyang, we could have brought in Dembele. Those are, if, we, if those are two subs that we're going to be using, then there's absolutely no reason that we would not be full speed ahead, pedal to the metal, pushing forward and letting those two use the legs that they have and making a difference where we are not on a back on a defensive position, holding on for dear life. You know what I mean? Like what, like it's been for this year and and a good part of last year. So we'll see. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like you said, like maybe, you know, in the last 10 minutes is go to like a 4-4-2 and just put Aubameyang and Dembele as a two forwards yeah. as a as a quick release. And then you have four midfielders. I don't know. These are these are things yeah. in my in my mind when I'm when I was thinking about the matches now, just how you said the substitutes, in my mind I felt like Chavi did do like three substitutes at the same time, but he didn't. He did one uh with oh, yeah. Adama and, and Pierre at the 60th. The following yeah. one was five minutes later. Obviously, the Danny Alves red card threw off yeah. a lot of things because obviously we yeah. were a man down and then we had to go with Sergio Des on that. Yeah. But again, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm always kind of the two things when I think of substitutes, it's you have to give the player time to assimilate to the game. Cause it's always, yep. you never want to put them in the 89th minute. Right. As we yep. always talk. But the other thing too, is I, I think the funnel system, right? Like one and then the next one, because you don't want to just go four yeah. <laughs> at the same time. It's like, Oh my God, it's another team. What's going on. Yeah. But like you said, I think these are, you know, obviously growing pains is what it's what it was what it is you're learning to learning how to win this is always like the toughest thing in any any sport right in basketball you talk about the two-minute offense it's like making crucial shots right to close out the game in football you're talking about running down the ball getting first downs and just running that clock out in football you are talking about closing out possession and not giving the team opportunities to get that lucky goal especially when you're up you know one goal and so I think we are getting a little bit better, but again, man, I, I'm really nervous about the young Troy. I'm really yeah. nervous because there was moments today where I was looking for him and I didn't find him because he was just not there, you know, yeah. not making the plays. And I, and I don't know if it's 
just the positioning, confidence, injury. Like, I don't know what's going on with him because yeah. in a match today, you know, especially how it was physical, like when he made that silly tackle for the yellow card, you're just like, why? There's no reward in that tackle, right? And, and those are the things is like, I, yeah, yeah. And that, that's the thing is like, I don't know because he's lacking so much confidence that he's making these, you know, I don't want to say dumb plays, but just plays that are out of the ordinary for him, you know, because I figure yeah. I, when I think of DeYoung, I think of him as a very clever, smart player thinking two steps ahead and this type of thing. So I don't know, man, I'm, I'm really nervous because it's always going back to Busquets as well. Like Busquets yeah. is still leading the team in minutes. That's not going away anywhere soon. And that's yeah. the thing is like, yeah, the players, you know, like we said, overall PK Alba, the older statesman played well today, like as an overall arching thing. But I'm curious to see now if we can actually string some consistency before we start really getting really excited about this team and and this part of the season. Yeah, Deong, um, I don't know what's going to be on. I don't know what's going on with him. Um, you know, I had actually had questioned that, you know, once Kumin had been released, you know, whether it was an issue with that, you would think that a player would be over that by now. And and again, you, you come off of a, a, a time period here where, um, you know, he, he didn't leave. I don't think he, you know, this break that they had, I don't think, um, I think he stayed in Barcelona. So I'm not sure if he even left. So it's like, and they were working the team, the players that were, majority of players were still in town. They didn't go on international break for their team. So you had a good chunk of time for that team to be working together. And you would think that a player of his stature whatever issues he had going on with confidence in that two week time period of not having any pressure on him for a game that the confidence levels would, you know, come, come back up. Right. But you're right. I mean, he was, I don't, it's like a combo. It's like, yeah, a lot of times he's in a bad position. A lot of times he gets the ball and he's got guys on him already. You know what I mean? But, and a lot of times he has his back to the to our net, and it's like, how do you know who's coming on you when you have your back to the d- defense? Like, and so he's not even able to even do anything because he'll have a defender or two defenders on him. But that's something that he needs to learn spacing. So I don't. Again, I might have to go back and look at some of the games that he played for Ajax or when he first came here. If he was still, if he was putting himself in these positions and he just got lucky and was able to get himself out of there, but a lot, if you go back and watch this game, a lot of times he, again, he, he put himself when he was receiving these passes, he was already in a bad position. Like he didn't space himself up from the defenders whatsoever, but he also has bad body positioning. Like, like I said, he's got his back to the defense. So you didn't even know what's going on behind him. So, um, and then he's sliding around all over the place. Like he tried like three or four slide tackles. And I'm just thinking, man, that's just not a good thing to be doing because like, I mean, he obviously got caught on the one. He almost got caught on another. He probably could have got ca- carded on another. And But he's been doing this for multiple games now where he's like leaving the speed and going on these, on these slide tackles. Um, and they're not very smart ones. You know, he's not very successful in doing this. And so I, I, I don't know. I mean, that's we'll have to see if Chavi can do anything with him. Chavi has backed him and said that he's a vital, you know, component to this team. So he's got the confidence of his coach. I don't know though. I mean, there's other clubs, big clubs that want him. That you know, you've he- heard whispers or rumors of them saying that you know they might they were going to try to make an offer on him, you know, this summer or whatever. So Barcelona is going to have to have, make a decision. Uh, especially with the with the fiscal management that we have going on, they have to make a decision maybe on him come the summer uh, if things don't get better. I hope they do. I think he's he can be a great player. I think he's been used, you know, out of his best position almost the whole entire time he's been here. But other players have as well, and yeah. they've been, they've been a much better than him. Like Gavi being on the left wing today. Okay, he still made an impact in the game. Torres, uh, uh, you know, he might not have scored. Being that number nine might not be his best position. But for me, he was all over the place. Again, forcing that defense to not be stationary and have to, you know, continuously watch where he's at. Again, if you can keep that defense busy, then to me, you're at least 
you know, uh, making it so they're focusing on you and not focusing on generating that counterattack, which we absolutely must not allow. And I don't think Frankie's doing, nobody's worried about what he's doing whatsoever. So uh, again, it's a mystery to me. Hopefully they crack that mystery and figure it out because I, again, I think he's phenomenal. We've seen how talented he is. I'm super worried that he's going down the same pathway as Coutinho, as Griezmann, as Dembele, supposedly world-class players, but for whatever reason, cannot make it here. They just cannot, either they don't fit in or what. I don't know what it is. It's like some, the Barcelona mystery or whatever, but (laughs) it happens. Yeah, I mean, because if you think about it, imagine if we had Frankie at a 20% higher level playing, then all of a sudden that elevates the whole midfield at another level, right? If yeah. if he can actually possess and make the correct passes. Yeah, so imagine if, you know, Frankie's playing like at a 20% clip higher, then, you know, it elevates the midfield even further. And I also yeah. think, obviously, taking Pedri out of the match too as well. Earlier, obviously, he's coming back from injury, so we're not trying to rush yeah. him because we don't want the same thing to happen with Ansu yeah. and so forth. So, you know, obviously, the you know, the game dictated – certain things but also yeah. it's the midfield you know it's, it's it's usually our crown jewel and i you know i'm really curious to see how de young because you know as you said whenever you look at those ix highlights you're like where is that guy you know i, know. I want yeah. that guy where he is driving the attack making defensive plays and just going like i feel like yeah. he's still thinking before he's playing right i, I yeah. still feel like he's just not playing so naturally well I think, you know, overall, I have to say, Troy, this is one that the the first time in a long time where the match, you know, lived up to the billing where it was like exciting. Uh, it felt yeah. like a big game and so forth. I was worried because of the 4.15 vaunted siesta time. But obviously, <laughs> you know, with Barcelona's uh, result here, they're obviously back in fourth place. Yes. I'm excited to see if we can actually string some consistency because – I can't remember the last time when we actually scored this amount of goals. And I really feel positive about the things going forward. Obviously, the next matches of the Derby gets Espanol uh, on February 13th on yep. Sunday at 9 o'clock. But how, what are your lasting, your last impression of this match going forward? What are you going to be looking for in, in the next match for Espanol? Yeah, I just continue. I want to see if they continue to grow and, again, can continue to hold that intensity throughout the whole entire game, that grit determination that I've been talking about. I think they will. I don't think it's going on on a limb saying that they will. I think we're going to go on a string of games here that, that we'll, we'll put up, that will get points. Um, I think that this team is primed uh, to, to, to make up some ground. I don't, in the, at the end of the season, I don't think we'll catch uh, Real Madrid, but I think that we'll definitely be fighting for a second. That's my, after seeing today, and I know it's a big win and everyone's riding a high right now, but I, um, one of the things that I really, like I talked about, I wanted to see for is did, did this team and are they uh, taking in what Xavi is teaching them and are they applying it on the field? And today the answer was resounding. Absolutely. Right. And um, you know, I always watch coaches and there's always a big difference in breaks breaks like this can always tell you if somebody is a good coach or a bad coach. And traditionally the good coaches use these breaks. They prepare their teams obviously for that upcoming game and then for a good stretch of games. And it's usually how they play in that first game kind of determines what they're going to be doing for, you know, for the, for the uh, moving forward. And I expect that we'll see, more of what we saw today for the coming weeks, for the coming months. Obviously, there's going to be we're still a young team. There's going to be some hiccups in there where we'll draw some games where we shouldn't have. But I think almost what we saw like last year at this time, I think Barca will go on a, on a good streak of games here, and I and I think the fans will be pumped about it, and uh, and our podcast group and WhatsApp group will certainly be really pumped about it uh, going into May, going into yeah. our our event. So. No, yeah, and I think, yeah, I think that's a good point. And I, and I, again, I'm, I just want to see consistency. And like, that's a really great point you've made coming out of breaks, right? Those times where you can really manage the team, find weaknesses. And I felt like Chavi did a great job with the team exploiting some things, you know, using Adama. And I think, you know, there is definitely some positivity. I mean, I can just, I'm just reading what everyone's on Twitter is just like blowing up right now. Yeah. And again, it just shows just, you know, how desperate we were 
just to hold on to something positive looking at the team, right? Just like we needed goals. We haven't seen any goals. Like we just haven't seen any goals. And and to see this kind of this goal barrage, especially against Atletico, was something else. So again, I'm I'm excited to see what happens. You know, this is going to be a busy gauntlet of games. And yep. again, I just need to see a little bit more consistency uh, with one or the other, right? Either defensively or attacking. Yep. And I think we yep. can grab onto that. Like you said, it's a young team, so we'll, we'll continue to watch. Well, Troy, thanks for joining me as always, and we'll talk soon. Talk to you later. Podcast Network.